chapter eight of in search of mademoiselle by george gibbs recording by tony oliva this librivox recording is in the public domain we reached the new land after many days there came one afternoon loud and cheery from the foremast head the cry of land land only one who has been three months upon an ocean unfathomable and limitless can know the magic of the word the signals passed it to the other vessels of the fleet trumpets blared and cheer upon cheer and song upon song echoed and re-echoed across the water crew and passengers upon the trinity came tumbling up from below jostling and crowding one another in their madness to be among the first to get a glimpse of their home that was to be even those sick with the scurvy and fever turned out of their hammocks and climbing to the deck fell upon their knees to thank god that the voyage was near ended all thought of savage carib or more savage spaniard was banished for there to their gaze shimmering purple under the western sun was their haven of refuge they stretched their limbs like people awaking from a long sleep and as the ship glided onward leaned forward upon the bulwarks as though they would leap into the water they strained to catch the first aromatic breath of the pines in their nostrils and their tongues clove to their parched and fevered mouths as they sighed for the fruits which hung there beyond luscious and ripe for their plucking by sundown we had sailed into a little river here was a fine sandy bottom and we cast anchor for the night so impatient were the seamen and passengers that some of them not to be withheld took one of the pinnaces and went upon the shore ribault after warning them against the savages consented to this and soon the beach was aglow with fires which they lighted to keep off wild beasts and parties well armed went searching among the uplands for fruit and game throughout the night we upon shipboard could hear the seamen and cavaliers as they laughed and shouted at daybreak they came aboard again torn and bleeding from the thorns and brambles but happy as urchins they bore several large panniers of luscious wild pomegranates of a small variety and grapes of great size and sweetness but the admiral would not tarry here long he did not know how soon the spaniards might be coming and he wished to learn what had happened in his absence to laudonniere the commander at fort caroline many things had been charged against that officer and ribault desired to establish the french protestants firmly in their colony and secure them speedily from attack or molestation accordingly the ships weighed anchor again and we sailed up the coast to the river of dolphins this had been so called by ribault because of the great number of fish of that name which disported themselves in its waters 
seeing no sign of living persons we sailed still further northward to the river of may which we reached on the twenty ninth of august fifteen sixty five the channel of the river being narrow and the draught of the large ships being great we cast anchor at about half a league from shore ribault anxious to communicate at once with laudonniere immediately fitted out all the large barges from the fleet and crowded crews into them fully armed and equipped he knew not what might have happened i being an officer upon the flagship went with him in the pinnace and so we made our way up the river at last we sighted a small headland or bluff which rose abruptly from the water where the river narrowed and under its shadow we could just make out the bastions of fort caroline as we came near we saw a great commotion upon the shore officers running out of the fort brandishing their swords and two of the soldiers began casting loose a gun then we knew uh, that they took us for enemies of france a soldier ran down the beach and fired an arquebus at us but the ball went skipping along the water and did us no damage the admiral seeing that they did not know us and thinking harm might ensue hereupon stood up in the pinnace we saw one of the officers take off his morion and throw it into the air with a shout of joy then there was cheering and we knew that they had recognized the admiral in a few moments under the sturdy sweep of the oarsmen the barges grated upon the pebbly beach and we tumbled out among those assembled there there was great joy among the young french gentlemen some of them running to the newcomers and kissing them with great display of friendship upon both cheeks the cannon which but a moment before were to have been turned upon us were fired in salute and the air resounded with glad cries and cheers there were many indians of the tribe of the chief saturiona upon the beach fine straight-bodied savages they were painted in bright colors all over the body and wearing only a breech-clout and a band around the head they were most grave of countenance and smiled little but very friendly crowding around the admiral bowing and touching their heads to the earth marveling at the great length of his beard i could see that the fort was erected in a careful manner though sadly out of repair it was built in the form of a triangle and surrounded by a trench the side toward the river enclosed with a palisade of planks of timber after the manner in which gabions are made in the middle was a great court eighteen paces long and upon one side of this the corps de garde opposite to it the living-house laudonniere asked us to his lodging-place and gave us a wine fermented from the grape of the country most soothing to the palate and livening to the vitals under the close questioning of the admiral laudonniere related the events of the past few months showing the sad straits into which his people had fallen for lack of food and munitions 
he told of the mutiny of his men and how he had intended entering two of his smaller vessels and returning to france the admiral found that the charges against him were untrue and offered him a high command but captain laudonniere was disconsolate saying that his honor had been touched and that he must soon return to france to defend himself against his enemies we talked far into the night vasseur verdier and de brissac three lieutenants of the garrison with whom i had much talk giving me a fair good idea of the country and people it seemed that laudonniere had no need to have given up so easily it was hard to see how in a country abounding in animals good to eat in fish and in fruit and corn they should have been reduced to such distress as they were in there are beasts of every kind and sir john hawkins has said that there are lions and tigers as well as unicorns but i saw none of these though there were crocodiles in great abundance vasseur told me a habit of the natives who when they travel have a kind of herb dried which they put in an earthen cup and set afire then they suck the smoke of this through a cane or reed and it has a strange and pleasing effect satisfying their hunger so that they can live four or five days without meat or drink some of the company had come to use this herb and had grown to like it well though at first it made them much inward discomfort all of these things are known in england now for sir walter raleigh hath brought this custom of tobacco smoking into the court in the morning the three smaller vessels of the fleet came up bringing the greater number of the colonists among them the sieur de la notte and his family by the end of the day the rest had landed rude sheds of cedar stripping were built and a tolerable sheltered place was thus made to house the men until better quarters should be provided during the first nights the women were given the barracks of the company of laudonniere who for the time being shared the lot of the newcomers for mistress diane de la notte nothing was too good rene de laudonniere himself turning over to her and to madame two rooms of his quarters after seeing to their comfort i set about to aid in landing the munitions of war this was safely done by the end of the second day and the new ordnance was mounted upon the battlements which thus commanded the river for a great distance the shed now gave place to a stronger construction under the bastions and all worked with so great a vigor that new life animated the poor fort which but a few days before had come nigh to being deserted never had the prospects of the colony been brighter and it seemed as if at last fortune was smiling upon their efforts which under careful management were about to be crowned with success tis a strange thing how misfortune doth pursue even when all else in nature seems to smile it was i think at midnight of the fifth day 
that the first great shadow fell upon the luckless settlement we were sitting around the council table in the barracks discussing the plans of laudonniere for the extension of the colony ribault sat at the end of the table his brows knit in deep thought his hands clasped upon the table and his beard falling down to his lap he was much perturbed over a report which had come to him that two sails had been sighted far out to sea just as the night was falling from time to time he would nod to one or the other but he spoke little at his right were laudonniere vassel verdier the swiss alac otigny and saturiona the great carib chief with whom the admiral was bent upon making a friendship at his left were st marie yonville and lagrange yonville was speaking of the magic mine of gold and silver that la roquette had found which would yield ten thousand crowns apiece for every colonist and fifteen hundred thousand crowns for the king the admiral listened gravely but he was a practical man and had no such flighty notions as these young gentlemen i tired at last of listening to their vaporings and moved to one of the casements where i sat listening and looking out into the night drinking in the perfumes of the forest which the breezes of the sea were wafting toward me outside all was quiet save for the call of a night-bird or the cry of some beast of prey as it prowled on its midnight hunt the rain had fallen so that the odor was almost overpowering and it was damp out toward the sea where the clouds hung heavily with but a slight break overhead there was a glimmer here and there from the water under the bastions down near the river's mouth i fancied i could see the twinkling of the lanterns upon the trinity as she swung to the tide but the ships were almost too far away for that my thoughts turned to diane and i wondered but as i looked into the distance toward where the ships should lie there came suddenly two flashes of light one beside the other like lightning and yet not to be mistaken i started with an exclamation straining my eyes my heart beating furiously then clear and distinct as though but half a league away there came the sound of cannon shots ribault and his officers sprang to where i stood breathless all a fever with the excitement of the moment they had not long to wait for again the flashes came by twos and threes and then by broadsides the echoes coming up the river like the roaring of distant thunder there was commotion outside and the sentry opened the door crying the spaniards the spaniards the drums beat to arms and most of the soldiers and the women too rushed out into the courtyard where they ran hither and thither asking questions which no one could answer the admiral commanding silence mounted with otigny and laudonniere to the battlements where he listened and watched intently for some minutes he knew the serious import of those sounds and what they might mean to the ships lying out there 
undermanned and unprepared for battle he knew too that the sentry had said the truth when he uttered the fear that was in his own heart the spanish fleet had come to florida ribault came down from the battlements and without more ado ordered all his seamen and officers to the four smaller ships at anchor in the river to the landing-place we ran in great haste stopping only to seize armor and weapons in half an hour our little vessels were sailing down toward the mouth of the river no one of us spoke but we stood along the bulwarks listening to the sound of the cannon it was more distant now and from its direction we knew that the three larger ships were making out to sea should we be in time in a moment the lookout upon the forecastle of the jesus came running aft and reported that there were sounds ahead close inboard we listened intently and in a moment heard the sound of oars grinding violently in their irons and the swash of a ship's boat through the water a voice shouted hoarsely across the water the words france france our people stood crooked over the bulwarks their weapons at their shoulders trying to pierce the darkness and soon we could just make out a gray shadow bearing directly upon us there was great tension as she drew nearer and the gunners blew their torches ready to blow her out of the water at the first sign the least suspicious slowly she drew alongside and we saw that it was a barge of the trinity an officer came hastily over the gangway it was bachas a sub-lieutenant ribault went to him and the soldiers crowded around is it the spaniards he asked it is your excellency replied bachas shortly he was stout and of a brusque manner as brave a seaman as ever stood his watch they came upon us late this afternoon in five ships he said captain Baudelet wished me to report that we were not prepared for battle half our crews are at the fort he paused go on said ribault sternly tell me all and omit nothing it was dark before they came upon us in earnest our men were waiting at their guns there was a trumpet from the spanish flagship captain bourdelais answered from the trinity we saw lanterns and a figure upon the great vessel and we heard a strong voice say whence does this fleet come from france captain bourdelais replied at once what are you doing here we bring soldiers and supplies for a fort which the king of france has built and for many others which he will soon build are you catholics or lutherans said the voice we are lutherans we are lutherans who are you i am pedro menendez general of the fleet of the king of spain at daybreak i will board your ships and every heretic shall die then our men broke into laughter jeering you are cowards they shouted come at once then they came down upon us captain bourdelais ordered the cables cut for we were at a disadvantage all of the ships put to sea my captain has sent me to you they fired upon this boat but we escaped 
they are now fighting upon the sea and this is my report when he had finished he bowed and stood silent the admiral stroked his beard the worst had happened and he saw that it would be war to the death he told bachas to order his men upon deck and to make his boat fast to the stern of the jesus then they came up carrying one who had been killed so we sailed on down to the mouth of the river we saw no more gun flashes and only now and then could we hear a sound far out to sea which told us where the ships were sailing i doubted not that it was wise of captain bourdelais to slip his cable and run for the open with a good wind he might escape by and by we heard no sounds at all the admiral was for going in pursuit of the flying ships but called a consultation of his officers in the cabin and they advised against it fort caroline would be without vessels or men to protect it and the spanish fleet might sail up within range and batter the bastions down their counsel at last prevailed and at dawn the soldiers were landed upon the beach the jesus and three other vessels cast anchor in an arm of the sea behind the beach broadside on so that the soldiers might be protected by a brave cannon fire then the bowmen and arquebusiers dug into the sand making trenches in which they might find protection from arrows and small pieces these were moments of great anxiety it was not until the sun had mounted well into the sky that some sentinels who had been watching down the beach reported a sail coming up with the brisk wind by ten o'clock she was in plain sight and from her great bulk we made her out to be the spanish flagship san pelayo she could not have been less than a thousand tons burthen and came beautifully sailing outside the outer bar just beyond the range of our long pieces she wore three yellow streaks along her sides where her gun tiers were and her sails crossed with great red stripes and bars never spilled a cupful as they bellied out into the wind and bore her onward though she was dipping and pitching in the chop as she went by her bulwarks gleamed in the sunlight with the lines of polished helmets and though i had no spying glass i fancied that high up near her lanterns i could make out the adelantado and by his side the stalwart figure of diego de bassan i bit my lips and hoped they might try to make the entrance of the river but they threw the ship into the wind where she courtesied disdainfully and then a scornful puff of smoke came from her side and a shot struck in the first line of surf she hung there a minute and then squared away down the beach again the adelantado was discreet as well as valiant late in the afternoon three other sail were sighted and it was soon seen that they were french at sunset they were near enough and a boat put off from the gloire 
captain cosette himself coming ashore through the surf to make his report he had followed the spaniards to san augustin and had seen that they had landed their stores and negroes and were rapidly entrenching themselves many of these facts have been set forth in the writings of the captain laudonniere and of chaleux the carpenter and some stories have been written by the spaniard barcia and by mendoza the priest yet it is proper that everything bearing upon the events which are to follow should be known to all christians and that they may rightly judge between these people and us End of chapter eight